I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 371 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast about video games. It's a pirate hey. radio A pirate radio station show on the internet. When yeah. you think when you think Superman, the first superpower you think is can see through clothes. Can right? see through clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Not like flying or nothing. My no. only exposure to Superman is through Smallville. So when I think of Superman, the first power I think of is how he gets heat vision when he gets a boner. Does that mean he like burns things in his room? Yes. When he's looking yeah. at yeah. Victoria's all, Secret catalog. All, all Victoria's Secret catalogs yeah. are single yeah, use all, for all. him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is, does that really happen in that show? Yeah, that's that's how because the show is about his powers kind of awakening and the heat vision happens when he gets horny. Like the first time that it happens, it happens by accident when he gets horny. I see. Uh, so it's it's like the the X Men uh, origin stories where there's some sort of moment of extreme stress. <laughs> yeah, that awakens extreme. Except that moment of, of extreme stress is like I saw a butt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> In the in the original Superman movie, he like lifts up a car as a child, doesn't he? Like he already had all his powers as a as a baby. Well, he was strong. I don't know. Maybe he just already gotten the boner. <laughs> Do you think in? Yeah, we don't know what we don't know what how how early Kryptonite Kryptonese guys go through pub, puberty. Kryptonese. <laughs> Kryptonian? What? Come on, Kryptonian. Kryptonian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You're Krypt- Kryptonian. Kryptonese because... just stuck, struck me as funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because uh, I guess Krypton isn't a country. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> Venusian. It's where Martian. It's where all the Krypton comes from. Neptunese, Neptunian. Anyway, yeah. Did uh, do you think that in the first issue of Superman he did all of the things that he could do, or do you think that like his powers were introduced as they became necessary oh, to yeah. stop I, crimes? I, I have no idea, but I guarantee that that yeah, they were introduced as a series of of plot fixes and things like that. Right, right, Superman out of this situation. Oh look, here's here's a power we forgot to tell you about. Oh, he you can know, never see he can like unlock doors vision. with his ears. <laughs> And <laughs> that's, I mean, if you listen to someone telling you where the key is hidden, anyone <laughs> can unlock doors with their ears. What have you been up to, Kevin? I saw Learning any new skills? The, sure. I, I learned how to watch a movie, and that movie was Detective Pikachu. How was oh, it? It wasn't it The was, Watchmen? It wasn't. Is that out yet? I don't know. You mean the Zack Snyder Watchmen that came out in like 2012? Oh, no, you know what I'm thinking of is the there's a new HBO Watchmen series yeah. coming out. I saw a preview for that. On the, I've now seen one episode of Game of Thrones, and yeah. it was the next to last episode of Game of Thrones. It had a preview <laughs> for that Watchmen follow-up series. That seems like a fucking terrible idea. I don't understand how they're going to make it good. I, is, I'm, I'm also not sure if it's supposed to happen in the same universe as the film and whether it happens before or after. After? I think it's after because it seemed to center around like cults. Of Rorschach followers? Yeah. Yeah. Who fucking knows? Rorschach was there and presumably had a following. Did did he? Pre the, yeah, he existed. Well, I know he existed, but. He was there like beating the shit out of people mindlessly. Okay. So is the plot that the Rorschach KKK tries to stop the unified world government from like 
banding together and ending wars and stuff. I, like, I don't what know. Did, what could you want at the end of that story? <laughs> you just, I mean, you don't want to be ruled by a despot, right? <laughs> you want to be able to wage war if that's. I want to be ruled by a despot if the if the despot is the smartest person who has ever lived. I've always said, like, I would elect you, King. You, that Kevin. Like a terrible. You, idea. Kevin Simmons. King Kevin Simmons. <laughs> Bad. You'd be fine. Uh, You're kind. You'd, you'd have I think to... I'd probably be paralyzed by indecision. Hmm. Well, that's why you get trusted advisors, yeah. to... such as yeah. Grimo Wormtongue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get a, and... get a grand vizier or two. That's never a problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they see they can see the big picture. That's what a grand vizier means. It's like a big picture guy. <laughs> I feel like I would be a good king most of the time, but then like, if I were like kept up by people partying next door, I would just order their executions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, because I didn't want to go over and ask them to keep it down. Yeah, you'd be really <laughs> impulsive about weird things, <laughs> and it would be difficult. You'd, like, you would just outlaw alcohol no, right would, away. Uh, and no, do that. Just, just around me. I, well, I see. Or like loud parties around you. Yeah. I feel like that's you a would thing. send goon uh, squads out to tear the speakers out of the ceilings of bars. Oh, that mm. would be amazing. I just, I still wouldn't want to go to bars though. Like, uh, you can have your bars. That's fine. Okay. You have a you have the most regal beard of oh, any of us. That's yeah. true, by far. Kevin that's has more true. of a grand vizier's beard. <laughs> You're my trusted advisor now. Good. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I'll take this too. Where do I sign up? Uh, to, to whom do I swear fealty and how? Pikachu. He's a detective. <laughs> Good. Uh, it was okay, as yeah. a movie goes. Does he solve a case? Sure. Yeah. Is there only one case? Yes. It's it's complicated. But There's yes. not like a promise of the premise situation where you see him uh, in a montage solving a bunch of cases. No. To establish that he is in fact a detective. You do not. <laughs> that sucks. No spoilers. I'm seeing it tomorrow. Okay. I imagine I I think I as far as sorry, what I know uh, about it, the plot tracks pretty closely to the Detective Pikachu video I'm, game. I'm sorry we so we spoiled that he very, successfully uh, solved the case. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the twist is that he wins at the end. <laughs> Does Pikachu survive? <laughs> yes. Nice. Does <laughs> Ryan Reynolds survive? Is it Ryan Reynolds? Yes. Okay. I always assumed that in the in the 3D rendered Pokemon games, mm-hmm. all the Pokemon, even like the ones that like there's some Pokemon that like this design looks like it would be furry versus this design mm-hmm. looks like it would be slimy. They all use the same skin shader. Right. And so I assumed like, well, okay, canonically they're all like smooth plastic. Mm. Uh, but not in this movie. No, it's no. Pikachu is really fucking cute. Like really cute. I they, I saw they, an, like hyped it up. I saw an was, interview somewhere talking about that and how they the the character designers for the movie had to go and talk with the the guys who designed them for Pokemon Corporation. And right, trying to figure out things like, all right, so what is a Mister Mime? And the and the Pokemon <laughs> guys are like, we kind of don't know, and we kind of think you shouldn't use him in the movie because <laughs> what the hell is he? And but they were like, well, no, we kind of <laughs> we kind of need him in there, so I guess we'll we've figure written, this we've out. written ourselves into an invisible corner. Yeah, and we have to use Mister uh, Mime. I mean, the scene with him was pretty funny. Like, like I the, liked it. I so. feel like. They did a good Canonically, job. Canonically, any of the Pokemon that 
look like they're wearing clothes. That's that's actually their anatomy. Yeah, Maybe. yeah, that's a weird question. If if a machamp can take off those little shorts or not, or if that's just his butt skin. I mean, they comment right. on the fact that that Pikachu wearing a hat is very strange mm. in the movie. So, what about that one that's a ring different. of keys? There's yeah. a there's a Pokemon that's a ring of keys. Yeah. Hmm. What's it called? Um, I don't know. Klefki, I believe. Klefki. That one I was, as far as I know, it was not in the movie. It's a later generation one. Uh, which, which is, I mean, the movie is not just the first generation, but uh, how I mean, there's big like is a eight hundred? I mean, that's all documented. Like we we know how big every Pokemon yeah, is. I what are the totally stats though? Is it like get... length or? Oh yeah, I don't know if we know mass. that. We just know size in meters. Huh. Let's see. I'll pull up. Pull up my tab. He's yeah. pulling the, the correct volume off of his shelf of the Encyclop- Pokemon Encyclopedia. The, there's another volume that lists the volume, right. but he's pulling the volume that lists the length. <laughs> the, Do you know what area about, it's in generally? You might actually want to see this, Zach, as like a film about a group, like a whole city that is just a bunch of people that basically have familiars, right? And like see how mm. they like portrayed that as kind of like a, a world. Yeah, Lefty like a... is like eight inches long, so like all the keys that it's carrying are regular ass keys. Huh. Ass hmm. keys. Yeah. Are female cleft keys like keyholes? Uh, let's see. Do Pokemon fuck? Like, is th- it's was, never? Was... It is never anywhere in the in the, like part of Pokemon canon is that you never discuss whether or not they fuck. <laughs> Like po- there's definitely like ways to breed them in the yeah. game. Yeah, like, they, you put two they of them lay in a room eggs, together. But yeah, when you put two of them in a room together, eventually you find an egg. That's okay. as that's as far as as the writers of the Pokemon series are willing to touch it. That makes sense. But it can be any two species. It, given that it is a thing for children right. in the nineties. Yeah. 90s, yeah. <laughs> it's I saw uh, that movie Long Shot, the like Seth Rogen, Charlize oh, Theron yeah. rom com. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like she's the she's the Secretary, Secretary of State, State and yeah. he's like a speechwriter. Or a... Uh, yeah, he's he's like a sort of super left wing journalist who okay. knew her in high school and then mm. becomes her speechwriter, and then they fall in love, and boy, sparks fly. Boy, I'll tell you. Sparks were flying. Anyway, it's pretty funny. And it's well written. And it's, you know, rom-coms are good. Sure. Only like eight, seven and a half more months until it's time to rewatch Love Actually. <laughs> uh, I also watched Creep Show last night, which scared the shit out of me as a kid. Did not scare the shit out of me last night. Seemed real hokey. Is that a movie? It is. Okay. It's like an anthology horror. Right. Thing. That's why I thought it was a TV series. Uh, you're thinking of Tales from the Dark Side, probably, it, or, or, or Tales, Tales from, from the, the Crypt. Crypt. Yeah. That's also probably why I thought it was a TV series. Duck Tales. Some of what uh-huh. uh, from the Crypt. Uh, some <laughs> of what I remembered from Creep Show was actually from Creep Show Two. So I think uh, oh. some of the more scary stuff. Was that from Creep also Show might 2. be why I thought it was a TV series. Yeah. Creep Show Two is the one that has the the woman that runs over the hitchhiker, and then his like zombie keeps haunting her, saying "Thanks for the ride, lady," over and over again. So, there was oh, there, was there a series, a similar series of those that was just called the Hitchhiker? 
after that sort of hitchhiker ghost yeah i i do there was like a horror series that was themed that way i think weird i haven't thought about that probably since the last time i watched it (laughs) which would have been when i was like 12 because there was kind of a like that late 80s early 90s was kind of like a golden age for horror tv for a minute right you had friday the 13th the series you had uh, nightmare on elm street freddy's nightmares you had Tales from the Dark Side. It was like just post Amazing Stories. Amazing Stories and uh, Unsolved Mysteries. I don't know that Unsolved Mysteries really counts, does it? Eh, sometimes they did. spooky cri- music. Cryptid type stuff. Mm. It wasn't all murders. I remember being creeped out by Unsolved Mysteries. I mean, I guess a real murder is pretty creepy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's scarier than any werewolf. I feel like the least... The least... Harry murderer is still <laughs> scarier than the scariest werewolf. <laughs> is it scarier because it has less hair, the murderer? I think at some point, like at some point when you, at some depilation level, <laughs> you start getting actually scarier than if you were a little bit hairy. Oh That's, yeah, like a Voldemort yeah. level of. Like, well, yeah, yeah, the guy in uh, in Lost Highway with no eyebrows or anything. Yeah, like powder. <laughs> right. Yeah, was was powder scarier than K-Pax? <laughs> I mean, not as it turns out in the fullness of time, like the actors, but. Oh, man, K-Pax. How far you have fallen from space. I knew a guy who mm-hmm. whose look was kind of like powders. Was he an albino? No, but he kind of like, he definitely, he avoided the sun. He was trying to like, um, like philosophically, as far as I could tell, he was trying to like get as close to a mathematical object as possible. Like he wanted to be like a featureless sphere. <laughs> okay. And so he was like just... He would wear this black unitard uh, because it was the sim- like least wrinkly clothing possible. Did he like stand around in a T pose all day? <laughs> uh, and he he chose he 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 chose black because if he wore a white unitard, it made his skin look pink. Oh! But if it was black, then his skin would look white, and it would be more mathematical. Anyway, there, he had a. a when he went to UCSD, he had a, a a Facebook fan group called We Love Black Unitard Guy. Okay. Where, like, they would post sightings of him. Did, did like, somebody else created this group? Somebody else created okay. this. Like, someone p- made a painting. Uh, they would post, like, like blurry, like, Bigfoot type. Like, a, here's a selfie of me with Black Unitard Guy in the background. Nice. That's very good. Boy, you talking about that reminded me of... Uh, the legit like one of the scariest guys i have ever seen in the real world that i saw on my way to the movie theater the other day when uh, you were heading towards creep show uh no oh, no okay. when i was thinking is when i was heading towards long shot uh it was the middle of the afternoon <laughs> so it was less scary than if it had been at night i was walking along sidewalk and there was a guy standing in a doorway kind of facing the wall of the doorway. So already fairly creepy in a kind of Blair Witch way. Long, greasy hair, like kind of dirty, disheveled clothes. Like not, it, it was like sort of 
just I, this is just kind of like a basic bitch San Francisco homeless guy two appearances from the back as I walked past I swung you know my head's always on a swivel in these situations so I glanced to the left to look at him as I walked past and the top half of his face was painted white like just from a line from like his upper lip up just painted white with some kind of weird grease paint or something. Like suddenly went from being just basic homeless guy to like harbinger of the dread lord or wow. something. It was fucking horrifying. <laughs> it was just standing there staring at the wall. Like not it would have been worse. It, it would have yeah. been better if he had actually like threatened me or something. It was woof. <laughs> yeah. No, we we've like that friend I was talking about, we talked about how like he wanted to, you know, wear a mask because that would be a more complete illusion. But he also didn't want to get shot if he walked in front of a bank, you know, <laughs> so. Because a bullet hole would definitely shatter the whole. Right, no, he would be red <laughs> then. Like, yeah. yeah, black and white and red all over. <laughs> mm. Did he like paint his face white? No, he was just very pale because he avoided the sun. Oh, well, but. Huh. So I guess that makes sense that the sightings of him would be rarer. Mm-hmm. Did he leave his windows closed and stuff? I mean, what? I don't I don't remember. What's his deal? Like, what is... Like, what do you mean? What? Just... <laughs> I already told you his deal. He wanted to be a mathematical figure. Yeah. Is it, though? I mean, what, what do you think makes him tick? <laughs> uh, I, you've, you've, you've met, like... Awkward people who like introspect maybe too much about like thinking like real hard philosophically about like how they should be as a person. And like, I, I feel like if you, um, at, at some, at some balance away from like what society wants you to be and more towards like in an ideal world, what would I be? I think you get, you go to places like that. Is is he still doing it into like his thirties? No. Okay. No. Now he's, I yeah, he's dressing more goth now. Okay. Just because he has goth friends, I think. Huh. I didn't realize there were enough goths left to form a group to to cohere. Well, maybe it's just him and his friends. Oh. He's keeping. He's carrying the fire. He's got hair now. Nice. Is yeah. it long and it's, it's stringy styled. and styled? Ooh. Yeah. Is it like, so it's like a Robert Smith? I, that's probably pretty close, yeah. Nice. What have you been up to, Jim? I watched a TV show called Tuca and Birdie, which Netflix didn't want to tell me about, I think, because it stars women. What? But April knew about it. Like, Netflix is very, like, once it has you pinned down demographically, it only uh, shows you, like, 50 shows and won't show you anything else. I see. Um, but April knew about it. Uh, so we watched that show. It's very good. It's a, it's a animated comedy starring a toucan and I think a budgie, uh, who are used to be roommates and one of them just moved out and her, the other one's boyfriend moved in. I, it's extremely fast paced and goofy and, like head spinny kind of kind of like pacing uh like the pacing of the 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 visual gags and the um the 
are they they're just bird they look like birds they're they're kind of like anthropomorphic birds they definitely got bird heads they, did they walk around like they walk they, around like sit on a couch? Yes, and stuff? they'll walk around. Okay, they'll sit so on it's a couch. Like Bojack Horseman. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. Yeah, okay. like so. Okay, maybe this will help. the 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 conceit of the first, the premise of the first show is, um, since the one of the roommates just moved out and moved in like to the apartment like a floor above, and so now that they're neighbors, she wants to borrow a cup of sugar, and. Birdie accidentally lends her the cup of sugar that's been mixed with her boyfriend's grandmother's ashes. Uh, and when they find out, they try to get it back. But because c- cups of sugar are for lending to neighbors, she already lent it to another neighbor. So they go over to that neighbor's house. And that neighbor is a plant woman who has leaves instead of a head and like rustles her leaves instead of talking. And so they go in and this woman has instead of shelving has hundreds of turtles that are just walking around the apartment with, with like a single back. object on each turtle yeah and so they like they're, they're like looking like this tur- the the ashes must be on one of these turtles and like in, it's in the middle of the search the plant lady takes her top off for no apparent reason um they uh, eventually tr- like and has has hum- like human like green breasts. green but human breasts yes okay um they eventually track the ashes ash sugar down to a local bakery where it's been used to make a cake so they buy the cake and bring it home to the boyfriend and present like here is your grandmother and then the cake starts talking to him saying like you have to eat me i'm trapped between the living and the the world of the dead and so finally he eats the cake and then it keeps talking to him from inside his stomach. I Is the boyfriend also a bird? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was really impressed. This like, sounds <laughs> extremely good. Yes. Do they have do they have hand like human hands? Uh I don't they manipulate things as if they had hands, but like I can't I don't think they actually do physically, is, is like there, visually. Is there any explanation given for why he had mixed his grandma's ashes into a cup of yes, sugar? Yes, it was because she was so sweet. I see. Okay. <laughs> and the, the other example was that they mixed his grandfather's ashes with, ashes with sage because he was wise. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah, I'm sold. What have you been up to, Riff? Uh, I had jury duty for two days. Oh yeah, yeah. It sucked. It was super boring. I here in Oregon, I guess they they every jury duty service is two days, and so this plus two single day times when I was called to it in Arizona, I've d- now done four days of jury duty, and have never once even been called to have questions asked of me to see if they want me to be a juror. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so it's been like four entire work days of just sitting in a room extremely bored with nothing to do except read with like two other strangers. And this they, time it was two days of that in, in, in a row. I probably could have, but I uh, I didn't want to deal with like because you only get a couple hours power out of the switch. So I didn't want to have right. to deal with finding an outlet and stuff like that. So right. basically, I read comics on my iPad because that has reasonable battery life. You didn't decide to make friends with the other two strangers that you were in the same boat as? 
the the other two hundred strangers that I was. Oh, I thought you said two. I thought you said two. (laughs) No, it's very more than two. No, yeah, making friends with two hundred people in one day—that's a lot. Even that would be wearying. Yes, (laughs) and and the worst part is, is it's it's because like spending an entire eight-hour day just sitting and reading comics doesn't sound too bad. But part of it is also that that entire time you're under this sort of low key stress that any any moment they might call your name and send you up to another room to have a much worse time. So I don't know, man. <laughs> At you, least you're not excited I, by the idea of like uh, deciding somebody's fate. Yeah, no, <laughs> not not particularly. No, not not just not pamphlets. just having to like deal with with deciding someone's fate but having to deal with five or eleven other strangers having to discuss what we're going to decide about this person's fate and you know at least one of those strangers is going to be like a nutcase or or (laughs) extremely racist i I don't know i don't know riff you know if you're looking around the jury and you don't see the nutcase i (laughs) think maybe it's you but uh yeah but you know i got it i got it over with and 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 so i don't have to deal with that for another two years so that's good i never had to go in like in arizona every time it happened it was like you'd call the night before and they would say yeah never mind you don't need to show up that's mostly my once i did go in just for one day and just sat in the waiting room like riff did and that was a like that was my that was my one jury experience. The one time I did go in, it was actually like immediately the uh, I learned what this was called. Voir jury nullification. Voir dire, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. that? Uh, That's the bit means, where they ask you questions. They ask to you see questions to, to 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 kick you off. Yeah. Um. So I the only time I ever actually had to go anywhere, it was just for that, and it was two hundred people in a. And sitting in like a horseshoe shaped set of tables with the judge kind of in the middle and they went through every single person and they asked if you had ever been the victim of a robbery and then they explained you have to be there for a robbery if somebody steals your car while you're not there that's not robbery that's burglary if somebody <laughs> breaks into your house while you're not there that's not robbery it's burglary have you ever been the victim of a robbery did they and explain then, that for each person yes because every single one of them said yes and then when they asked them to tell them about the robbery it was a burglary <laughs> and then they would explain it again oh, no and it was like wow this is this is taking way longer than it should because uh, I, I, if this guy is real stupid, he is definitely acquiring a jury of his peers out of this room. Um, but, but yeah, and then it was just I think they, you know, if you went to college, they don't let you on the jury is basically. Because you've already been robbed by the institution. Because <laughs> you were definitely there. <laughs> mm. Uh, well, do we want to start talking about video games on our video games podcast? Sure. Have you been playing any video games, Kevin? I have. I took some notes. I've got to get to those notes. Fuck. Mm. Telephone trouble? Yeah, well, just like it it's trying to scan my face. My face is behind this pop shield, so it can't see, see my face. So then I start typing in the like the code where everyone's like, oh, no, I can see your face again. And so now it, like, it stops scanning my face, and then I start, I'm just hitting applications at random because it, it's, <laughs> it has replaced the keypad with cool. all of the app. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's definitely cool. Um, 
So I played uh, this game that I think you might have also played at least some of called Bird Gut. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I meant to try that, but had not got to it yet. It's it's good. Like, it is a good little puzzle action platformer. Uh, it's got, I, I think, very charming black and white hand-drawn art. I might be biased. <laughs> um, I think it's drawn on a... On a tablet, though, not. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think it's, it's. I don't think it's hand drawn in, in the sense that it's yeah you know, drawn with ink on paper and scan because like nobody would fucking do that. Besides, yeah, uh, but I think this is also a, an observation slash complaint that you had. I don't understand why it was free. Like, there's no yeah. reason this game should be free. It should be maybe like a five dollar game. Yeah, I spent the first like hour and a half playing it, angry that it was free. And thinking, man, as soon as I finish this, I'm going to figure out a way to give these guys some money. And then I got to a part that was, like, so hard for no reason and so badly checkpointed. That's the that, real cost that you pay. That I just, I just like, lost all interest in playing it or supporting them. Was this the part where you're on the moving platform? Uh, no, it was a part with a bunch of saw blades. Okay. there's There's a very long section where you... After the saw blades, I think so. Yeah. I think if it's there's there's some saw blades. There's a bunch of different places with saw blades, but there's the section where you're on a moving platform, and it's I think it's maybe ten or twelve different little obstacles that you have to navigate, and if any of them kill you, it starts over starts over at the beginning, and yeah, so you have to do them all in sequence perfectly. Oof. Yeah, it's it, that that one definitely kind of raised my hackles. Did you beat it? I did. Um, I mean, who knows if we would have even found out about it if it had not been free. That's the problem, right? Like, which is a bummer. Yeah. Video games are a bummer. (laughs) If you, here's a question that I don't have a good answer for. If you have played a free game on Steam, does that developer then have the ability to, like, send you a update Coupon. when they release a new game or, or something. An, yeah like are you in their sort of reach even if you've like uninstalled it after you played it or something i don't know yeah i mean, I I mean we're either. steam developers do we can we do anything we can i mean we have the ability to uh reach out to not reach out to but we can like uh People who have us on our on their wish list, we can definitely get their mm. attention a little bit. Do we have any way of like delivering a powerful electric shock to all of the people who've <laughs> purchased products from us in the past? Uh, not that I'm aware of. That sucks. Did you Do put we, that in the last the hash? point of any of this? Then, <laughs> do we have a way to make everyone who has pirated our game suddenly shit their pants? Uh, well, <laughs> well yeah, brown only frequency. by making everyone shit their pants. I mean, like. <laughs> With a with a broad enough net on that <laughs> tactic, then hmm. I'll, I'll just put it on my list of possibilities for the next time I find a genie. Oh yeah, if you put the brown note in the game, it would also affect let's play like watcher viewers. Oh man, so, like, yeah. then they'd be getting well, that would be free so shits. much larger effect. <laughs> I um, Jesus. I uh, I also played a puzzle script game called I'm Too Far Gone. I tried to play that and had no fucking idea what was happening. Yeah. Can you explain it? I, I can spoil it for you. Oh. Is the problem. It's, it's, I think it's very clever. Uh, and it, I think 
it not explaining it is very is much is very much part of the process if you will the like i definitely made some weird shit happen but i didn't understand how to do it consistently or yeah. understand what i was supposed to be achieving do you want me to explain how it works or do you not want if you to if you fear that doing that would spoil the enjoyment of it for our listeners then no maybe we can talk about it next week yeah okay. I'll, I'll write it down good. to try it as well because that sounds interesting I, I like that kind of thing and then and then i played the assignment uh what <laughs> what what was this one called i'm, I'm too, too far, far gone, gone. Okay. a puzzle script joint yeah uh, you definitely have to pay attention to what's going on, and uh, and then you have to have a couple of like aha moments, which I, for a puzzle script game is pretty interesting, right? Because it's it's pretty basic, but yeah. Uh, and then the only other thing that I have played besides the assignment um, was Snipper Clips. Um, I had I. Melissa had seen, I think, you playing it at the office, Zach. Yeah, me and uh, me and a friend of the show, Seth Rosen, played through. Is that a the bunch game of it. that you play with? Just like you don't look at the screen. No, you're thinking of screen cheat, maybe. No, uh, you're thinking there of... was a there was like a, a Switch launch title that was like played with using audio and like moving the controllers around, the Joy Cons around. Hmm. Huh. No, this is not that at all. Okay. This is the one where you're like a you're a shape. Uh yeah, and you're like you a can overlap the other player and then press a button and it cuts out the part of them that you're covering up. And so it's about making making you and your partner player into varying shapes in order to achieve like physicsy goals in a level. Yeah. Okay. It's super cute. It's very, very fun. The levels are short. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, we played Seth and I probably played through 40 levels and never got to the point where it was like boring or samey it was and you like you can play it single player or multiplayer i'm kind of curious what the party mode is did you play any of the other modes (laughs) besides the sort of like basic one yeah i want to see what because there's there's also like a two to four player variant and i don't know what that is so how many controllers can you hook up to a switch at least four Maybe at most four also. I guess the Pro Controller, yeah, it has four little beeply boops on it yeah. indicating which player yes. you are. Yeah. So, yeah, it's probably beeply four. Boops. But uh, Mario Kart, is mm. that not a thing that you can play with more more than four players? I don't you can know. definitely go more than that if you go mul- online multiplayer. Oh, online, sure. Okay. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of some deal where. I don't know. Maybe you can split a controller into two Joy Cons or something. Yeah, or maybe they've got like a multi tap oh. or something like that. Yeah. Actually, that's an interesting thing because if you if you just if you had eight pairs, or sorry, four pairs of Joy Cons, the then you would have eight shitty controllers. The you could you could tell the game that it was just four controllers, right? But that you could actually have controls for eight characters. On the screen, I think Nintendo would probably not be excited about that because that sort of violates the like principles of how you're supposed to use the controllers and stuff. But like that, but argu- arguably thing. one could do it. Say what? The Octopad? No, is that the that's the like one Nintendo controller split split out over split eight split out over eight controllers? Yeah, each of oh, which right. looks like a regular Nintendo controller, but it only has that one button. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty which, great. 
the problem with that is that like you don't use selector start very much, right? So like I feel yeah. like people so just whoever like, get those, they yeah. get to troll you by pausing. <laughs> yeah, okay. they get Fair to enough. pause the game. They they get to be in charge of deciding when we get to look at the inventory. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's what I've what I've been up to. What what have you been up to, Zach? I played <clears throat> four things that I wrote down. Uh, one of them was bird gut. Okay. And I, I was loving it until I suddenly hated it, and it just made me real sad. It made me sad that it was free, and then it made me sad that it was too hard for me to finish. Oh, I also, Zach, endings do matter. I also tried to get all the secrets and got all but one and was annoyed that I could not get the last one. I found the fourth and fifth ones. Okay. Uh, the second one is the one that I could not mm, get. Like, I think I know where it is, but I don't. I, like trying to actually get it to happen is incredibly frustrating. Uh, I played a couple of random... I yesterday Nick Sutner talked me into playing a bunch of Brogue, which I had hmm. never played before, and I had watched. They did a. They had. Uh, I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, talk at Pender at somebody Rogue-like. Pender something. Uh, yeah, the, the the man who made Brogue. Uh, they had him on the Spelunky show, like, and oh. in preparation for that, uh, Zach Gage made a video. Of him playing Brogue and kind of explaining how Brogue works because he's super into it and he wanted to like he wanted to tell the other people on the podcast how to play it so Didn't that they could play it. Mod in some daily challenge. Yeah, or he, he added a he made a mod for there to be a daily challenge. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I I still kind of think that visually Brogue is just a bunch of undifferentiated noise. But I'm starting to learn what the things are in it. It is a very, like, stripped down and streamlined character mode roguelike experience. Like, there's just a button that you can press that kind of automatically explores the level for you. And it will just stop if there's, like, a threat or something that you may or may not want to pick up. Mm. Um, But other than that, like, you can just keep hitting X and it will just run your dude around until you have the whole level mapped out. And then you can just, like, click on an arbitrarily distant square and your guy will just move there, taking as many turns as it takes. Um, The stats and equipment and stuff is pretty dramatically simplified. It's it's pretty good. I can understand why people like it now in a way that I couldn't really before. Um, But I played a couple of uh, Itch.io games, one of which was called Shading. Um, which when I first started playing, I got so grouchy about like, Hey, you had to use a controller to play it. So that made me grumpy because I had to fish my controller out of the shelf and plug it in. And then the controls, it's like a very simple platformer and you use the left stick to move your character and the left trigger to jump, which I was like, God damn it. I mean, that implies to me that it's someone who's never played it's a not that. It, it it makes sense. Oh, it does. Uh, okay. So because the right the right stick and the right trigger do a different I thing. See. Okay. Um I don't actually remember what the right trigger. Did. Anyway, the the right stick moves the sun around, which is like a light source, and every shadow that is cast is solid. So there'll just be like a couple of like little squares in the middle of the screen and where the sun is when you start creates platforms extending out from those things and you're trying to like find a door on the level Ooh. and a lot of the times it requires you to like all right run over here and then move the light around such that like it doesn't 
ever let you fall or crush you, but it creates a new platform for you to go up in the other direction. And it's um, it was pretty clever. It's very like jam gamey. Um, I played a game called, I think it's called Dry Town. I tweeted about it the other day, which was a very like minute inspired looking game where you're a guy and you take a train to this kind of cowboy town full of vampires. Uh, the theme of Ludumdare 44 was your life is currency. And mm. you start out and you have one heart. And there's a guy who's like, oh, I'll tell you where a heart container is if you give me half a liter of your blood. And so, like, you have to give him half a heart and he'll just tell you. You don't have to give that guy one. But then it's like, there's another guy that wants one full liter of blood to let you into a place. So you're gated by having found the f- a, another heart container so that giving him one liter of blood doesn't just kill you. Um and it's you, basically about finding four heart containers because the guy at the train station wants four liters of your blood to let you leave. Do you regain and lose? Yeah, there are like enemies that you ways. can fight that that drop hearts that restore your health. Yeah, they don't take the ma- they don't take the like heart capacity. They just take the yeah current yeah. hit points. Um, it's cool. It's 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 very short. I mean, it's like the whole thing was maybe twenty minutes long. Um, I like that. It's aesthetically pretty similar to Minute, and eh, gameplay-wise, not. Your interactions are like talking to people and then hitting things with a sword. And that's it. But it's good. Uh, the other, the other itch that I played was uh, Alan Hazelden linked some article that was like 20 puzzle games on itch.io that are fun and like five of them were his games so that's why (laughs) i I see why you i see why you um why you are promoting this um but one of them was a game called empty which is that sounds like a uh aaron steed name for a game yeah it does just impossible to search uh it is you are looking at a room like a diorama of a room that has like two two of the walls open typically and the walls are like different areas of solid color and like the furniture and objects in the room are also like sort of monochromatic poly- polygonal objects and your goal is to destroy everything that's in the room and the way that you destroy something is by having it against a background like having it completely in view against a background of its own color right and so it's like here's this red thing so you have to move the camera around you're kind of moving the camera around in a big sphere on the outside of the room or you're just rotating the room depending on your point of view um so it's like all right i need to find a way of looking at this red vase on this table such that it is completely engulfed in a red section of wall and then it ups the there's a sort of puzzle mechanic where this object is green, but it has like glowing blue stripes on it. So when it disappears into green, it will paint that green blue. So then it becomes an order of operations uh-huh. thing where it's like, you know, there's not quite a big enough area to make this couch disappear. And so I need to figure out a way to make this lamp disappear in a way that it creates a larger area of the couch color. Um, yeah, it was just like a, it was a neat looking. It reminded me a lot of that game vignettes. Uh, the phone game with the like sort silhouettes. of low poly 3D oh, yeah, objects like that you're rotating around. To, yeah. And then you rotate it to the point where it then becomes a different object viewed from a different perspective. 
and you're just kind of negotiating a visual maze of things that you can turn it into. Um, and then I played a game called Epitasis. Epitasis. I don't know how you say it. E-P-I-T-A-S-I-S. Uh, which is a... I wish I knew how to describe this aesthetic because it's not really cell shaded. It's just what Jim, what do you call like it's not necessarily low poly either. It's just like polygons tend to be a single flat color. Flat shaded? Flat shaded. All right. So it's this flat shaded game where you it has some kind of unnecessary story stuff in the beginning where you're <laughs> you're using a computer at the very large array in New Mexico and then it you get a signal from some aliens and it sends you to a cave and then you go to the cave and inside the cave you find like a portal to an alien planet and then the alien planet is a bunch of like puzzles that you have to solve um, which are kind of it's kind of a riff what's that game you like where you're got robot hands and you, there's all those terminals in the world that you interact with and there's like portal style puzzles Robot hands. Yeah, you're you're always typing, and you're some kind of android, and there's you're like you're reflecting light beams around. Yeah, it's in a, you're in a bunch of castles and shit, and you're oh oh uh, uh shit. Talis, you guys, Talus Principle? Yeah, the Talus oh, Principle. I was oh, saying okay. you guys both played the shit out of this, and it's robot hands because you're you're like a you're like an android or whatever. You're like yeah, a, you're yeah, straight yeah, up you straight like, up a robot. Yeah. yeah, you have yeah you have like the hands where like you're like a Bjork making out with another Bjork. Yep. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so it's kind of like that gameplay wise. There's a bunch of just like uh, you know move some crates around to put on top of pressure plates and and so. Anyway, I didn't play a tremendous amount of it. It's the areas are really big, and there's a lot of space to wander around in that is the wrong place. Um, if you don't like it, it'll you know there'll be like the kind of weenie pointing you in a certain direction. But if you don't go in that direction, you can go a long way out of your way and into places where there's nothing. Like there's these kind of big you know scenic vistas all around you that you can just go there, but there's no reason to. Um, that and a you know a bunch of Hearthstone. There's some new single player Hearthstone content coming out tomorrow. Oh, it's tomorrow. I was yeah. like, is that out already? Did I miss it? No. Okay. Cool. That's exciting. Except you don't like this stuff. You don't like the dungeon run style. I don't. But it seems like maybe they have tweaked it enough where maybe it will be less distasteful to me. So I guess that's the best you can hope for. Less yep. distasteful. Less distasteful. <laughs> what have you been playing, Riff? Um, let's see. I play a little Bloodborne. I started a new game of uh, Kingsfield 4 because I was itching to play that again, and it's been sufficiently long, I figured, since I had. Um, so you're just replaying a bunch of games. Yeah, I have been like. kind of replaying a bunch of games. I, I also played, I got a couple of, uh, uh, I found out about some new mystery solving style board games, and so I got a couple of those. Uh, to check out. I've only tried one of them so far. Board uh, games and not like Room Escape in a box type things or? Yeah. These these are, they're sort of like uh, uh, consulting, like, detective. Like consulting detective kind of thing. Yeah. So it okay. is still kind of like a, but there aren't like straight up puzzles. Like you don't suddenly have to do a Sudoku to get the next clue or whatever. So it's not like a Room Escape in that sense. But, um, let me see the one, 
I'm gonna have to turn my head around to look at the box. It's uh, what is it called? It's crime and something. Ow! I just dropped my phone on the floor. Chron- Chronicles of Crime is the name of it. Um, huh. It's uh, it's like uh, it's uh, so it's still plugged in. Oh, oh God. Is somebody tasing you? Oh, sorry. Are you are you okay, Riff? <laughs> I was making sure the the monitor thing was still plugged into my phone <laughs> properly. Uh, sorry. Um, so the setup is that it's got um, uh, it, it it's all various mysteries that take place in London, and you've got a uh, a selection of like uh, uh sort of like a. Not like tiles, like cards, but big, like playmat style little cards that that represent different actual places in London. So like, there's one for Hyde Park and one for uh, uh, I don't know uh, whatever they call the region of town where the British Museum is, and and all the various actual play actual districts in London. And uh, you've got a deck of cards that have all different faces on them that don't represent any particular character just just generic you know here's a bunch of different faces of potential people and a deck of cards that are like uh possible types of clues you might find so there's like a card for animals and a card for paperwork and a card for medicines or drugs and a card for uh you know, decorative furnishings and a card for gardening tools and things like that. So the way it shakes out is that you've got the, the app that you, that you're uh, running with and uh, you pick whichever case you're playing. And it, as you go through, it tells you like you're uh, the, the, the starting character in the, the first, I've played like two games of this. Um, well, one plus the tutorial game. And it, it says, all right, take uh, character number 33 out of the, the faces deck. And that's the the police chief at Scotland Yard. And he's going to tell you what your case is. And so you, you pull that guy out of that deck and put it down on the Scotland Yard playmat. And the, those location playmats are basically just uh, organizational, so you know which location all the various characters live in. And all these character cards and location cards have uh, QR codes in the corner of them. And so the way you tell the app that, okay, I want to go talk to the chief of police, is you scan Scotland Yard, and it says, okay, you're at Scotland Yard, now what? And you scan... QR code for the guy, and he says, okay, so your first case is this, we found uh, this lady is dead in the park, and so go check that out, and he tells you what. Is that, is it like audio, or does it just. No, it's all text. It's all text. Text on your phone. Text, yeah, it's all text on your phone. So you, you go to Hyde Park, and you scan the QR code for Hyde Park, and it says, okay, you can talk, you can investigate the lady, or you can. Uh, talk to the gardener the who found who found her, or you can look at the cro- at the yeah, or the tiger, or you can look at the crime scene. And looking at the crime scene is it gives you like 
one of those 360 degree pan uh, pictures. And if you've bought the thing that they also sell that I'm pretty sure is just a, 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 a identical thing to a Google cardboard, except with their own branding on it. Uh, you can look at that scene in sort of faux VR. VR, yeah. Or you can just, you can actually use the accelerometer on your phone to look around, or you can just swipe to pan. And the idea is you get, I think, 40 seconds uh, to look at this scene and spot any relevant objects that you see. And then after the time is up, uh, you can either choose to pick another 40 se- to look at that for another 40 seconds, which costs you like another five minutes of your in-game time uh, because your, your quality of how well you solved the case is partially based on how long it took you to do it, how many people you talked to and things like that. Um, or you can pull out your stack of clue cards and say like, all right, so the dead old lady had a cat that was lying on the floor, so I'll take the, the animals card. And I saw the old lady's medicine on the shelf, so I'll take the drugs card and, and so on. And then you scan the QR codes on all those. And if it was something that was relevant to the scene, then it gives you what the actual specific clue is. And tells you, you know, keep that card face up on the play mat so you can refer to it later. And if you've chosen an evidence card that is not actually related to the scene, it just says, nah. But then once you've got those evidence cards, you can then, for example, ask the gardener about the cat by scanning the cat's QR code or the animal card QR code while you're in conversation with the gardener and so on. And that's, and that's how. And otherwise, it's just uh, it's a consulting detective, right? You're going to all these places and talking to these characters to get clues to find out where the next character is to talk to, and eventually you solve the crime. So you can do more cocaine. So you. Can this do is more weird because this feels like a mostly a video game, but with some props. Yeah, but that with you like props to... and cards and stuff. And the interesting thing is that it's all like everything specific about the story and the case is all in the app because everything on the cards is extremely genericized. Like the, the, the character portrait card that I'm using for the dead woman in this game could be reused for an entirely different character in another, in another game. Um, this is, this is how you make a phone game and be able to charge a reasonable amount of money for it and not have microtransactions. Yeah. Cause there's, there's several, there's a bunch of cases on, uh, the, uh, the, the case selection screen that are like DLC cases that, you know, if you want to pitch in another five bucks, we'll give you another case, which the first real case I played was only about a half an hour long. So probably I feel like five bucks is a little steep for that, but I don't know. But the, the other exciting thing about it, though, is that on their website, uh, they offer, they like have a, uh, a Windows app and information on how to build your own cases and how to like huh. cook your own case file that you can then upload to your phone and open it on the app and play through your own case. And those are like, is there like a shit. database of community cases they like created? They are, they apparently they have a, I haven't checked it out yet. They have apparently a forum thread on board game geek for people to share those. And That's they are sort of, that. they are, st- yeah. are starting up a, 
like they they are planning to eventually have a thing where they will like find the best ones and put them directly into the app so that you can get to them that way cool but yeah it's, it's a fairly recently made game so they haven't uh, they haven't made huge strides in that direction yet but it looks like they are <laughs> thinking about that and yeah it's 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 interesting um I also bought like a, a noir themed expansion to it, but I haven't tried any of the cases in that yet. And where did you acquire the physical components? Uh, it's a it's a box board game that you buy like on Amazon or wherever. Okay. You mean at a local mom and pop game store, yes, like a responsible consumer exactly. under capitalism. That's right. And then you just <laughs> and then you just download a free app. Yep. To associate with it. Yeah. I wonder if anyone will try to cheat them by like just making a print and play. Yeah. Because I, I wonder if there's could. any kind of yeah. validation. Yeah, they, they, those people still yeah. might mm. buy the DLC cases. Mm, how do yeah. QR codes, do you know enough about how QR codes work to tell me whether this is practical or not? What if the there were cards that had like the top quarter of a QR code on them and then a bunch of other cards that you could socket in the bottom three quarters of a QR code. Would to that, generate a, a yeah, a, to generate a, a unique, bunch of different yeah, QR codes. A unique hmm. string. So you like well, without okay. having to take multiple pictures. Uh are you saying there would be multiple different QR codes that you could like yes. each quarter would be like yeah, a yeah. You'd, you'd, I could, think that would be very difficult yeah, to impossible. A lot of QR codes is like parody. Yeah, there's a lot of errors. Yeah. If you're talking QR about codes. physically aligning them, I think that would be hard to... Yeah, unless you built it like a jigsaw puzzle kind yeah, of thing maybe. Yeah, I don't... That's a good question. You might be able to generate strings that generated QR codes that were similar enough that doing that would resolve to something yeah because it doesn't matter what it actually resolves right. to right like it's just yeah. an identifier <sighs> that's a really good question i don't know enough about the actual like how it is actually generated to know uh i'm guessing that the error correction is probably spread across the the whole area so that it would be tough to defeat that in a useful way. Also, QR codes are like real bullshit technology. You know, it it might be possible <laughs> with a thing that's like not a QR code in the sense of like whatever that universal QR code format oh, sure. is. Yeah, yeah, you can but make like, your own. Yeah, with your own icon that is splittable into quarters, you could do that. Sure. Like if it was just a number. Or just, yeah, just... Oh, an entire paragraph that was I mean, a at story. that point, why don't you just like recognize your, you know, the picture of the dude in the picture of the dungeon or whatever? Yeah. The, um, you know, there's like children's books where they're like an animal, but it's split into three, and then yeah. you, flip, you can flip mm -hmm. yeah. one part of it and you get a different one. Man, but that for codes, like a dungeon. Yeah. You been playing anything, Jim? I'm playing more Fallen London. I don't have much to say about the game, but I did. Uh, so last week we talked about how the wikis of this these games are useless, but if you dig into the the forums or the subreddit, you will find people talking about like, here's the my story. analysis of well, not the story, but oh. it's almost always like people talking about 
analyses of like the value of high level grinds. Like if you're trying to get information about uh like about uh the shrine of deep blue heaven, if you're trying to like go on your archaeological expedition for that and you search for it on the forums, what you'll find is like numerical breakdowns of whether or not it's worth it to do that event over and over again in the, at end game levels. So like, what are the, and what are people trying to maximize? Cause it, like, uh, it just always seems so abstract to me. Like I wasn't the, sure what was something that you would want to accumulate. The economy of this game is surprisingly, uh, st- like rich. No, oh. it's, I was going to say fixed or static, but that's not the word I mean. Like every, uh, Everything you get in the game has a certain value on the marketplace. On the, it's not a player-to-player marketplace, but oh, there isn't. There is no player-to-player no player 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 marketplace. marketplace. Oh. Like you can, That's you can send specific items to each other, but like, can but you it, initiate trades? No. Wow. Yeah, they. So that is shocking. I remember talking to Alexis a few years ago about the mobile version, and like the mobile version didn't need to be connected to the internet for you to play it. What? Which just means that there can't... Like, I think you might have to connect at some point, but, like, it does a tremendous amount of offline play. Right. Uh, which you just couldn't do and support Boy. a real yeah. player economy. And so they just... They've never had a player economy specifically because it just made it way harder technically and just sort of more computationally expensive to do everything about gameplay. Sure. But what it means is, like, you just can't trust any of it. Yeah. So it's... It probably also, like, makes it way easier to balance. Yeah, because it kind of doesn't matter if something is broken. It's not like like something will get out of hand. Right. Uh, So everything has a fixed value in the marketplace, and every... And the the value you get from any given uh, story lit is um, pretty... It's it's almost always like if you're if you if there's a story lit that like is associated with like okay this is what you do at about like watchful level eighty, the value you get out of it even if you get different items, if you add up the values in the marketplace, and subtract like what it costs you to do that story, it it's always like oh yes you get like point nine echoes per story lit at level level uh, watchful eighty. Yeah, it's it's very like very fixed in that regard and so what they're what they're calculating is like the, the value of the items is it like what is is this is this event worth doing in terms of like just pure literal monetary value it's weird because there are some things where you can definitely see the progression right you can see the like chains of items that are like all right this is this category of item at its one echo and two echo and four echo and eight echo varieties because they make sense in some kind of like they're all jewels or something right, right? but then a lot of the times it's like you know vicious rumor then nasty like torrid affair right like a bunch of stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think were like interchangeable right right well and then there's the whole like under their cartography section, there is the lowest level item is Glim, which, like, the icon is like a jewel of some kind, but apparently they fish it out of the ocean. Um, and then, like, as you go up the uh, the value chain in that category, 
you end up with like map scraps and like partial maps and I think the final item is puzzling maps. It's it's very very strange. But that's part of the fun. Yep. Uh it's weird, man. It's like so cool and evocative and I feel like in order to put my money where my mouth is on a lot of the things that I claim to believe about making stuff, <laughs> I have to be okay with the fact that there's no payoff and it doesn't mean anything in the end. <laughs> and well, the, I think I am. Like, I don't regret there playing are, Fallen London. Yeah. I mean, th- there are, like, small payoffs. There are, especially, like, and, and I haven't actually done this yet, but if you subscribe to the game... Uh, I think each month you get a a short like yeah story. And Those a are short, complete super story. cool. Oh, okay, I should, yeah, I should actually. I've pay really money. really liked every one of them that I ever did. Right, and so it's more like an anthology uh, of like stuff that happens to your character than like this is all leading up to a final boss fight or something. Yeah, wasn't there? Uh, there was another story nexus game called like. The Black Library or Black Books or something like that. Did we do that as an assignment or was that something I played on my own? It must have been something you played on your own. It doesn't I sound familiar. Don't remember it. I, I feel I like think it was... Story Nexus is a thing anymore. So yeah, they opened it up to a bunch of people, and then a bunch of people made different games in it. But yeah. they were all kind of equally confusing. Right? <laughs> like I don't, I don't well, know. And Story if Nexus itself. I tried to, to use the editor. It was baffling. It was super. Yeah. It's you know it's weird. Well, someday we'll be able to talk. Someday we'll be able to talk about a project that we collaborated on that gave me a a very strange impression of your interpretation of a thing versus our interpretation of a thing, based <laughs> on it being the exact same thing from the outside. Uh, and that's like clearly Alexis Kennedy has a weird way of internalizing systems that result in systems that like must make some kind of sense to him, but are perplexing to me at least. Cause there's also like cultist simulator, right? Which... Yeah. Which is also, which I just find impossible to play because it is, the logic is incomprehensible to me. But like, it definitely resonated with a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely did. And yeah, there's just like, some kind of fundamental operations that I don't know how to do to like avoid starving to death hmm. uh, that I just can't. And that's like a major problem with playing like net hack, right? Like there's got to be something that is basic that once you understand it, you'd be like, oh, okay. sure. In net hack, yeah. you can eat corpses, right? And some Which of them are safe to eat, and that's what that's what you don't. That's think what of. you learn, right? yeah. Yep. And in NetHack, like, NetHack is, isn't, isn't any one simple thing. It's a thousand tiny rules. Oh, sure. Paper cuts. Yeah. What I was thinking of was called Black Crown, and it's not playable anymore. It, they, it oh, was taken remember. offline in 2014. Jeez. They did that, like, Dragon Age Story Nexus oh, right. thing. It was like a promotional to, yeah. thing. Wow. I was really surprised at the time. But, you know. I remember it being kind of fun. Well, nothing else. I, I, I um, uh, Natalie Lawhead released her Zine Maker tool, which like it's not really a game, but it's on itch, you know. 
and this is a it's basically like a simple paint program and text layout tool that you can use to like make a it, it, it's like what you would use instead of having like uh, like gl- glitter glue and like other scrapbooking supplies to to lay out a, a short zine. D- is it does it make static stuff or is it like a engine for making everything is going to be okay? No, it's 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 for literally making things you print out. Okay, yeah. Um, the th- one thing that I thought was interesting about it, and this isn't something she invented, but um, it it. The zines that you make are all eight pages, and the reason for this is that there is apparently a well-known, like, page, like, you can print on a single sheet of letter paper, mm-hmm. fold it in a certain way, and make one cut with a pair of scissors, and you can fold an eight-page zine out of that. Mm-hmm. Of a single sheet of paper? Yeah. So it's like a two-by-three-inch Yeah, oh, it's tiny. Okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's... It'd be, it, like it'd be a quarter. That's a quarter of a page, yeah. but it is like it is. A, oh, eight pages front and back. Okay, yeah. all right. It is a it is a small book, and it's it's neat. It's like a, it's a four and a quarter by five and a half. It it, it does make small things, yeah. But I, th- I thought it was like a neat little, uh, just a very, just like the zine making stuff you'd want out of Photoshop. You know, like just very very simple. Uh, text layout and font selection and and like like weird painting options like you can draw a stamp and then you have like a spray can effect where that stamp gets scattered everywhere you you drag the mouse it's uh it's neat it 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 does let you make things that kind of look like her art style that's cool i feel like in professional printing it's usually 16 page signatures Signature is like the collection of things that are actually printed on a single sheet and folded. Uh-huh. Um, How many cuts do you need to make? It's still just the one. Huh. I think. I think you just have to trim the one edge. Interesting. Um, I think you end up you end up trimming all three edges so that you get a nice. Once you've like bound all of the signatures together, you trim them so that they actually make a a book without having ragged edges. Usually, yeah. But. One thing that like seemed inefficient about the eight page cut is that like you don't print anything on the other side, and so like. When you oh. when you are so actually it may be correct your your size Zach your estimated size might the original one might be correct because um, it's only you're only printing on one side of the paper and you're folding it and like the every page of the book that you have that result it like has kind of an inside edge uh, that has oh, nothing weird. on it hmm. and so that that's kind of that's a strange choice yeah. Maybe you can revolutionize zine does it, printing just by printing on back front and back. Right, does by, it require? By, does it like not require staples or something like that? That's correct. Yeah, it doesn't. Okay. It's just, so that's why then there was there was that crows 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 thing that they put out a few weeks ago that was just they they I guess I'm on the their email list and they sent a thing that was just like this little magazine thing that was full of like funny ads and stuff and I was like ah I'll print this out and fold it up and make the little book out of it and it was like I don't know it was cute yeah people like printed jokes it's true yeah uh, oh and I started playing um, Stardew Valley oh dear and this is a game <laughs> that I I started I, I, I've been kind of threatening to myself to get this game since I enjoyed Waking Mars so much like I was looking for other like, other gardening games that weren't 
like mobile abuse fe- abuse fests, um, and this was the one that just kept coming up in my research. Yeah. So I've been like I'm still real early. It's really early days still, and this game is like surprisingly like surprisingly unpolished. Huh. Like it's got. Is it just one person who's been making it? But then that's why. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a one one it's, person gig and like for a one person game it has sold so many it copies. It is a, like it, it, it astonishing, yeah. astonishingly successful. This game, yeah. Um, like it gives you a quest early on to say hi to everybody in town, and that's kind of what I've been doing for the past three in game days. <laughs> that was absolutely where it lost me. Like it. I just want a fucking farming game that mostly takes place on my fucking farm. I think you can <laughs> still have that. You just need to like say hi to everybody once. Well, and you don't have to do it. Oh, I see. You can. I just assumed that that was necessary to like unlock tools and progress and stuff. So I... when like when I booted this game up, when I started my character, like I started with my inventory. There, you give you have like sixteen inventory slots to start with, which is frustratingly small. It might be twelve actually. Um, and like two thirds of them are filled with tools. So I got the impression at least that like, I've got all the tools I need to start. Um, and the reason I went and did other stuff after doing the farming stuff is that all you, well, that you only have so many seeds to begin with. So I planted all my seeds and watered them and I was like, well, it's now it's 9am. I might as well go do the other stuff on my quest list. Um, I just don't want there to be anything else on the quest list. Like, I want town to be a menu where I can buy seeds, and I don't care about, like, finding a wife or whatever else <laughs> you do in fucking Harvest Moon. Like, I just... Have you considered just farming in real life? Yeah, just get a garden. Mm. That kind of sucks. Because <laughs> town in real life is not a menu either. It it's a, kind of is. You could, I guess you can get seeds on Amazon. That's pretty yeah. much a menu. Or your local mom and pot pop... Mom and, pot. <laughs> Mom and Pop Pot Store. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did. I went into a shop and I bought seeds thinking like this is probably like a seed packet that I can plant a bunch of times. And it turned out like this and it was like half my money. It turns out it was just like one seed. I can plant one potato. Hmm. And so the economy of this game is something I'm still figuring like I'm still figuring out everything about it. Well, but once you grow but, a plant, then you get a bunch of seeds from that plant, right? So it's like Yeah, if the Martian it's taught an me anything, it's that a single potato is enough to keep you alive indefinitely. Right. I believe there's if you look on Polygon's uh YouTube, I think there is a video of Griffin McElroy explaining the first hour of the game to one of his brothers. Okay. That's that that would be good. possibly a, a that sounds introduction to the itself. systems. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Uh although I'm already past the first app. well, maybe not actually. I don't know how much I've time time I've spent, but it feels like about an hour. Maybe like maybe maybe if you explain the first hour like if you're speedrunning it, mm. that would be more useful. Anyway, I'll probably watch that because it sounds funny. Well, shall we talk about our assignment? Hello, neighbor. I think we'd better. One of the <laughs> worst and most confusing products oh, I have ever tried so to use. This this game is like the most obtuse adventure game, but you're yeah. also being constantly chased Just around. Pounded. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 
This game has like 1600 positive 1600 mostly positive reviews on Steam, which I find baffling. Fucking bewildering. So it's also at a 38 on Metacritic. I I think there are a couple of things happening here. One <laughs> is that it's been in early access for a long time, so the people who uh, like this game a lot have been playing it a lot. Oh, and since, since the early like, days. If you look at if okay. you look at wikis for this game, like if you look at the I was trying to figure out where to find the crowbar, so I went to the wiki page for the crowbar. And it is like two pages of like, from build four to six, the crowbar was under the bed. Oh, and built from build seven to 12, and it was just like the crowbar has moved 20 times since the crowbar was introduced to the game. I didn't even find I, you'd, a crowbar. You'd think, if, you'd think if like a developer had time to move a crowbar 20 times, they would have time to explain to the player that you can pick up objects by holding down a key. I found that out by looking at the control menu, the control Yeah, no, so did I eventually. I mean, yeah. I, I learned I learned from looking at a... Like, I... Basically, what I wanted to Google was, what the fuck are you even supposed to do? Like, what, what are you even trying to do here? Yeah. Like, this is... It just... It feels like being dropped into, like, a multiplayer game from the 90s. Well, I think it... it like I think that's a really apt comparison because like probably the people who really like this game are people who've been playing it for years and like have since the nineties <laughs> since what twenty sixteen or whatever um and they they demand the challenge of the current object placements and puzzles um and the other thing is that if you look at um people like forums where people are talking about this game, what they're talking about is like i I took the guy's toothbrush and put it in the toilet and then put it back in the cabinet. <laughs> like just literally just fucking with the guy. And I don't know if the game ever actually wow. like acknowledges yeah, this at all. I, but, I do not believe that but, it pays any of that uh, off. I don't think so either, but I think that game would be amazing. That would be a good game. Yeah. I, I also like the, like the idea behind the game where you're like, you've got, a puzzle game where you also have sort of some kind of pressure on you. Yeah, like when it's really interesting. Uh, the trailer made this game look amazing. Huh. I wonder if that's why it. There, there's like a series of well. Markiplier videos about this game that I don't. There's got to be something there, but like, man, does it not show it to you? Yeah. I looked at. I was like. Just look for a walkthrough to figure out like what the fuck are you even supposed to do? And it's like, well, first go to your house. And then pick up any number of things. Okay, so I guess I've learned something in this world is my house, which thanks third-party walkthrough for explaining that real basic thing to me. Like, it it, it eventually becomes clear that that's where you live, right? Because you keep getting you keep being reset there if you get captured. Except and... you're not reset. You're reset in front of it, facing away from it. Like oh, I, yeah. And sure. I, I had just never turned around. Like, uh, okay. Yeah, I feel like I... spawning you the very first time, like in your bedroom, would have been a yeah. trivial way to communicate that to the player. Maybe you're like looking out the window, seeing the creepy neighbor, and then you have to get out of your house. Yeah. I went into that house just to see what was what, because it looked like a place you could explore and then I thought it was just another neighbor right uh, and then I tried going into the all the other houses and they were just blank yeah, everything windows. was just painted on doors yeah, yeah. like I, I, but I just still didn't make the connection that that's your house yeah and then just didn't know that you could pick up objects that the the command to pick up an object to be to hold down a button for four yeah. seconds or whatever is is a weird choice and I wonder yeah. if that's 
to prevent you from like picking stuff up on the run while you're trying to run away from the neighbor. See that, it, man. Even though after, like, even after I knew how that was how it works, I kept constantly forgetting and then being frustrated because I couldn't pick anything up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It it also was like. I think a pretty bad choice for the first solution to the first puzzle is to stack crates and jump on them. Yeah, I was wondering that too. If there's, is there any way, is there any other way upstairs besides yeah, I, climbing I up a, his yard bookshelf and stacking two boxes to jump on I looked onto at the a walkthrough like for how Spoilers, do you, how do you make way, progress everybody. in this game. And like, I assumed this guy was like, oh, this guy is doing a speed run or something. And I looked for the real walkthrough and they all did that. It was it was a big surprise to me. So when you when you get into the basement, the game takes a pretty like conceptually interesting turn. Like you're doing very different things. Mm-hmm. Like um I guess we're just going to spoil it. Like you go into the basement and then you're kind of wandering around uh, like a the huge uh, friggin' maze like yeah, like, a, like a 30 basements worth maze. of maze. Yeah. Um and like conceptually, that's really interesting. Not very fun to actually play. No, I I You're was mostly, only I was only conceptually interested in the game because of it being in this guy's house. Like changing it to a featureless maze dungeon. Like there's no, nothing I, left anymore. It worked for me because it was still like that's still this guy's basement. Did you he so? Just, yeah. Or if you got to the basement, did you get to the second act where you're trying to escape? The house. I assume that was what I was trying to do in the basement because I didn't no. see anything else happening in the basement. No, you're the the basement is like you still trying to figure out what happened to the like whoever he locked whoever in the basement. He, he kidnapped. Okay, yeah. Then I didn't find that. I I couldn't figure out how to how to get the little door with the green light open, which I assume was the goal. Yeah, yeah. You have to you have to like get past that. Uh, gate that has the like arcing electricity. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The basement is a lot. Is mostly you like learning how the layout of the space and creating shortcuts so that you can do something real quick before he undoes it. So Oof. I'm gonna go ahead and and like spoil the whole thing. Tell us about. I guess you are actually. Okay. Tell us yeah. about Acts two and three. So Act two. Uh, so at the end of Act one, you you like, get through that door that you were talking about, Riff, and you're in a you're in like a literal just maze of boards uh that you're trying to get through and he's like chase, actively chasing you and you get all the way to the end of it and it's a door with three locks on it that you don't have the keys to and then he catches you um and then act 2 starts with you being in a in a room in his basement and you have to escape the basement and then you're outside his house but while you've been captured and it seems like some amount of time has passed. Uh, he has dramatically uh, built up the surrounding space. So now the fences, there's no holes in the fences. The fence is like 20 feet high. Um, and the house has a bunch of additional rooms built onto it. Hmm. Uh, and things are just way more wacky and and difficult to sort of handle and so your goal there is to just get out of the yard um 
and then so like the yeah. way that game that part is structured do you are you is he still chasing you around yes like is. does it where does it reset you to when you die so that is the one relatively kind reset point it resets you to uh just to like coming out of the basement basically okay it doesn't make you do that whole intro sequence again okay um do you is there any way to like get him to go to a certain place or like if you break a window he will go to that place yeah there's like a fuse box outside you can turn off and he'll 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 usually end up going to that place so you can like create distractions there's like you can like uh there's a record player that you can like pick up and carry and you could turn that on somewhere and he'll like go to it because it's making noise um you can throw things and make a noise and he'll go to those locations uh, I feel like I never had any idea of where he was, and so it was just like it's, basically every time I opened a door, it was just like flipping a coin, and if it came up tails, it was game over. Yeah, that was right. pretty much my experience too. There is uh, until the point where he got stuck in a wall, and that's the that's how I. So, oh yeah, yeah. He in I was playing the second act for a while, and there was one point where he. So if you break a window enough times, he will just barricade over it with wood, which you can't get off i think unless maybe then you might be able to get it off with a tool but like i never found a tool that would do it uh well they kept moving the crowbar yeah right um but he somehow the game let him do that while he was inside that room and so he had he had literally just blockaded himself inside a room with no other exits which would have been great except for the fact that i needed to actuate something inside that room to make any progress (laughs) so i had to just reset there was like there's nothing i could do supposedly he will also like leave traps where you've yeah if you break windows he'll leave bear traps there if you if he if you leave doors open and he notices he'll leave he'll leave bear traps on one side of them i never saw that uh if you like i missed out i saw where he put like a water bucket on the frame of a door like i went oh yeah yeah i went through a door and something fell on me okay that's cool he that's why there's that's why I've gone through doors and found buckets on the ground. I didn't realize that he'd been setting them up on the the frame. I just never even noticed that. Uh, he'll set up video cameras that will make an audible noise when they see you. Um, those get turned off if you turn off the power. You can also rip them off the wall or hit them so that they're not pointing at, at where where they could see you. Um, this it just it feels like it fails as a systemic game and it fails as like a sequential adventure game yeah. and such and like each of them is getting in the way of the other they really they really definitely are getting in the way of each other the the adventure game stuff gets real rough like there's a bunch of stuff that just isn't clued really and it's just it feels a lot more like you know cat hair plus honey equals mustache and, kind of situations and for like the very first puzzle in the game to be essentially a jumping puzzle in this engine was just torturous yeah. like having to to get up to the top of that shelf and then put a bu- box down and then put a second box on top of it without knocking them both off of the platform and then get up onto it and successfully jump was a huge pain in the ass yeah it was awful and- and like enough of a pain in the ass that if you had been trying it just sort of naively, you yeah, would have assumed, yeah. oh, this can't be what I'm supposed be, to do yeah. because this is so yeah. awful. Yeah. Like the, the reason that adventure games, to the extent that they get away with their obtuseness, uh, the way the reason they do is that it, it, 
there's only like 30 things that you can interact with right. in predictable like, like, and, and, if, and a grid of ways defined by. If you can put a box on top of a shelf, it it isn't a balancing act to keep it up there. And also, if you can do that, it's actually definitely important. Yeah. I I played my initial like the, my initial session of this, which was like 20 minutes long. And then you were like, yeah, please stick with it until you figure out why it's good. And then I thought instead what I could do <laughs> is not put any more time into it so that I can get my money back on Steam. And so I <laughs> refunded this game on wow. Steam, which I don't I don't think I've ever done before. Dang. I always talk myself out of it because I'm like, no, these developers. But then I looked at how many reviews they had, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah. These guys are fucking fine. And the fact they've that made, they apparently they've made have more like money than this game deserves, of in the my bad opinion. Guy and Target yeah. and shit. So, that, so I guess that's the other thing that I wanted to understand was like, why is this so seemingly popular when it is so broken? Yeah. The the number of the times that the game just crashed on me, or that like I would fall through the world, or like it just. Like if I were to insane. make a guess, it would just it would be that it makes for really good let's plays. So you think it's just purely because it's an interesting streaming game? I well, it's also a really like in- interesting, uh, uh, really interesting conceptually. Huh. Like, I would love to play a, this game if it were made by like the Hitman people. Like, because that's Hitman is basically. Uh, it's basically this. stealth systems with adventure mixed with adventure game yeah, mechanics. That's a good point, actually. But like, this is way more interesting to me than like, yeah, go murder somebody. But also, every once in a while, Hitman will put some text on the screen explaining something. Well, to yeah, you, like the well, basics yeah, of like, how to play the video game. It's it's a but but like, I think a lot of people would argue that the Hitman games before the 2016 one were more like this. Yeah, where it's it's just yeah no you're right. You I tried playing out. Blood Money and I was like, mm, this is this is messy and I don't really even understand what this world so is maybe capable of delivering a, to me another, or what it wants from me. With another ten years of early access development, they'll figure out how to make it accessible. Yeah, yeah. I, I I do think that like this game is like I don't know how much, but some amount of iteration away from being really good. It's just, it's weird that, like, okay, like, if we tried to play, like, Five Nights at Freddy's and it turned out to just be some bewildering horseshit nightmare like this that was impossible to play, I think I would feel similarly bewildered by that, right? But I, like, I should interrogate this. I trust that Five Nights at Freddy's is not a terrible experience to play. You haven't played it, though? Because it is so popular. No, I haven't played it. So well, maybe also, it's also fucking because... awful, and the fact that like kid, the fact that it's popular because kids like watching shrieking YouTube dipshits play it mm-hmm. uh, doesn't necessarily mean that it isn't like an an objectively awful product. Well, the reason that I trust that Five Nights at Freddy's isn't bewildering bullshit is just that it's from what I hear the game is so simple. Yeah, it's very. I've I've played ten or fifteen minutes of Five Nights at Freddy's, and it's there's not a lot to it. Right. How many nights of at Freddy's did you get through in that ten or fifteen minutes? Um, probably like two nights. Two nights at oh, Freddy's. Okay. You give it. You give it two out of five nights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was actually the game rating riff. <laughs> hmm. I didn't check to see what the user scores on Metacritic 
were. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see. Because it seems like if the Steam reviews are any indication that, that it has a following and people like it, it's, you know, it's also possible that people are just way more tolerant of buggy stuff if they really are interested in the idea behind it or the possibility space or something, right? Like Also, this game is $30. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, there's a lot of game there. Like Act Three is is nuts. It is I, I so know about Act so. Three. Do you want to talk about Act Three? Well, it's just a, like the the house. So Act Three is the, the the narrative of it is very weird. You when you after after you escape at the end of Act Two, uh, it jumps forward fifteen years, maybe twenty so years. You're a grown up. So you're an adult. And you're in a you're you've moved away and you're in a city and you get evicted from your apartment and you so you go back home and your house is still there but it's in disrepair the and neighbor's house has been torn down and you're you like have these weird sort of like disturbing visions and then you like go to sleep and you wake up and the neighbor's house is back and it is massive it's like fuck man eight I want to play this game but good so bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like eight stories and there's like a there's a train track that like loops around parts of it, and there's um, just all kinds of crazy stuff going on. It's it's hard to explain. It's like I'm gonna fucking watch some Markiplier. <laughs> you could like, there's no way I'm playing it. Yeah, but that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's like that. So I, my friend who played this was on the third act when I saw it, and I was like, wow, what is going on with this? Because he showed me the beginning of the game, which is like the, you know, sort of really trophy straightforward house, and then the third act, and I was like, what in the world? And then I saw that there were like these weird, you know, that they had merchandise, and <laughs> like they they have a they have a following that's super into them. It's, yeah, it's something I, I, I want it's, to understand. It makes me feel very old. You think? Yeah. Huh. I feel old and out of touch. Because, like, Pokemon for the Game Boy, for all it's <laughs> not being for me, and it was like, you know, I remember it being a thing. It was like, oh, this is extremely popular among children. I don't exactly understand why, because I can look at this and acknowledge all of the things that I are not interesting about it, right? Like, why wouldn't you just play... Final Fantasy Legend, which is just a better version of a shitty Game Boy JRPG, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, like, it isn't just terrible, right? Like, it's not something where if I was like, oh, the only way that you could like this is if this was the only video game you well, had ever tried to play. So you're, the, the problems with this are the control scheme, right, which you can eventually just learn, right? So, like... Yeah, especially this... with especially kids whose brains are plastic or just like oh no yeah. i'm not i'm not like i don't think that there's really that much wrong with the control scheme what i like the fact that the game has none of the like superstructure that a game needs if it doesn't provide you with an intuitive grasp of what you can do and what you should do hmm. right i i think i would have like if if this game had better tutorialization like better just even just showing you, like, here's the button you press to do a thing. Right. And better puzzle design. I think that would have been enough for me to for me to at least want to muscle through it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, the, the puzzles get extremely obtuse. 
They start and they start. They start like the physicsy stuff is definitely bull, pretty bullshit. Um, but there's a lot of that, like, and I think there's also like, I got stuck at one point because I was trying to get a key on the third in the third act, and I was like, well, I think I'm just gonna look this up because I have zero ideas, and the. In basically every walkthrough, it's like grab this object and throw it at this thing from a close range and it will actuate this lever, which is behind a grill. And I'm like, okay, so this is totally a bug that everyone just uses as the way to solve this puzzle because nobody – and like I found one person on the Steam forums that was like, okay, I I don't want to solve this puzzle by some bullshit like glitch. How do you do this the, the way that you're supposed to do it? And, like, nobody has ever done it, as far as I can tell. Maybe there's a real way to get up to the second floor then, too. There, maybe there is. Like, there's there's all sorts of weird chords and stuff that, like, I never figured out the... the... I Now I really want to talk to the developers. Like, I don't want to run into them at GDC or something. And... Yeah. It's possible that there's some sort of straightforward way. Or maybe there was some sort of straightforward way that got deprecated by, you know, version... 35. Oh, this is, that's this game's uh, ski jet pack. Maybe. <laughs> was that like from tribes? Yeah, the, the skiing was apparently a bug originally. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, rocket jumping? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I remember them being a couple booths down from us at something when we well, were showing. Well, this tiny build, right? Their publisher. Oh, I see. Yeah. And I don't know that the developers were ever there. I got the impression from looking at it that it was some like something more akin to like the blackout club or or like tf2 or something like uh yeah it was super unclear to me what the game was just from the marketing and also from playing it <laughs> right <laughs> I, like i'm not kidding sure yeah it, it wasn't until i looked at the walkthrough that i understood that there was like a series of puzzles that i was supposed to be solving right What a weird thing. Right? It is it is super weird. And the fact that it clearly resonates with people is super interesting to me. Like, I, that that phenomenon is something that I would like to understand. Is it because is it because of the early access thing? Is it because we're old and we just don't get it? Is it something else entirely? I know Markiplier made some videos about it, and I tried to find out how many and how <laughs> I might go look at the first one. But boy, YouTube is still fucking terrible. Trying to actually find a thing that you know should exist. Yeah. Yeah. Did he not make a playlist of it like he did with West of Loathing? I browsed through all of his playlists and didn't see it, or the West of Loathing one. And also, there's oh. no way to search playlists as near as I can tell hmm. when you search... Maybe there was a third if, magnifying well, glass. Somewhere. If you find any, <laughs> if you find any video, and it's a part of a playlist, it should be. So when you say "should," do you mean morally? It... <laughs> no. The way that I find his his West of Loathing playlist is, I find like video number one, and then I let's see. It's all this is part of this playlist, and because I've never seen that him. interface, that sounds uh, very on the right hand side. I was able to find like video number six. Okay. Of Hello Neighbor. 
Unpleasant third, like, at least you mean, five. Is it a, in among the like recommended videos? Like, I don't remember. Okay. I don't well, I'll, I'll I'll pay more attention for that because that's that's because I want that feature all the time. Did you read that article about how the YouTube engineers uh, sort of deprecated Internet <laughs> Explorer six? <laughs> By just without asking anybody, they put up a banner for IE6 users that said, we're removing support for your browser soon. Please upgrade to one of these modern browsers. And they just did it without asking their superiors. And no one internally except the QA team used IE6. And the QA team was thrilled at the idea that they were getting rid of support. And so nobody brought it up. And then because the YouTube team had done it, like the Google Docs team also did it, assuming that the YouTube team had, had gotten, gotten permission, permission. Yeah. to do it. <laughs> I had no idea. That sounds amazing. This is, this is a pretty good article, really which, good yeah, story. I will I will link to. Uh, that leads me to believe that someone at YouTube understands how fucking terrible all of this is. And probably if I knew the right incantations to perform, I could get, like, say a text list of every video that had been posted to a channel in chronological order with all of the text on the screen, not just the first like 30 letters of it and then <laughs> dot, dot, dot. So you can't fucking tell what goddamn anything is actually called. Cause it's always the number at the end that yes. changes. Yes. Yeah. All you care about is the part that it does not display because it's like, Oh God, we can't have text overflow art CSS rectangle. Oh, my God, I hate the fucking web. Now, just a text list that I can then forward search in the browser and I, click on a I don't link. think what you want exists. That, this sounds, this you don't sounds think that, too you good don't, to you, just, you don't think that there's somehow, for like when a YouTube content moderator mm -hmm. wants to look at a channel's videos you don't think there's any way for them to just see a list of them no i'm assuming that they're like jacked the into the internet and they just sort of think about the video that they want it like it <laughs> surfaces see. yeah each of them each of them has a specially tuned set of videos that they watched before they were hired so that the algorithm will recommend to them the videos so, that oh, exactly. they're meant here's they're a, meant to have you could a purview do, Zach. i bet there's a way to get ask youtube to email you Whenever somebody posts a video, like a specific person, oh, I thought and, like, then and then I could write an aggregator to <laughs> well, just. Well, I was thinking you just search your email. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if I could I mean, go that, back and have, yeah, that is a could you that also exists, send me all so. of the other emails that you would have sent me if oh, yeah, I had? Yeah. You just subscribe. You just subscribe to it's them. It's called lazy evaluation. Yeah. You make okay, yeah. You just make a bunch of dummy email accounts for anybody that you think you might eventually want to watch a video from right and subscribe to their channel and then and click okay. the bell update. click the bell so you get notifications <laughs> right yeah. please like and subscribe hmm. uh anyway yeah, yeah. so you that know, was that was our if assignment if i liked and subscribed hello neighbor i didn't have to hear them say that anymore oh yeah it was like <laughs> like paying for the ad free version like that i would totally do it Hmm. Even if I didn't like it. Yeah, I would like and subscribe to just avoid the, like, 30 to 400 seconds at the beginning of every video where <laughs> the guy tells me who he is and what he's going to be doing today. There is a... Home, home improvement videos are pretty good about not doing that. Yeah. They most, often most just Most of the videos start I in. watch are, are, yeah. In Super Tasters, we, we the original... The, the early episodes had, like, a... 15 second theme theme music and like 
like uh, shots of us with our names overlaid, and I felt bad about that, so I cut it down to like a two-second shot that says Super Tasters, and then I put the credits at the end. Yeah, I guess like the intro to Zero Punctuation isn't so long that it has ever occurred to me to get mad about mm-hmm. having to watch it every time. So maybe I can look at that, like Wesley Willis style, like just find out what, how long does Jello Biafra think the intro <laughs> to uh, a YouTube song, a YouTube video can be without upsetting people. Well, but it's it's also entertaining and very dense, right? So you can like, you pick up a little bit more detail about something each time you watch it, maybe? So maybe mm. that's less. I don't know. It's a good tune. That's... <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's that good. That good Ian Dorsch song. Do you remember when? Do you... I don't know if you're old enough, Zach, to remember when Zero Punctuation had uh, unique music for every intro. Yeah, and it was never licensed. It was. Right. I mean, I remember when. I remember when my brother, my brother, and me had that ABBA song in the oh, beginning yeah. before before they got picked up by Max Fun and and. Jesse Thorne made them start licensing their samples. I mean, I remember when all of Frontalot's songs used unlicensed samples because he wasn't selling albums yet. Well, right? Weren't we the first ad on My Brother, My Brother and Me? Yeah. <laughs> That's a pedigree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, our next assignment is the Resident Evil 2 remake that is a thing that I think we've all been intending to play or we didn't we didn't really consult you riff. Yeah. It's a, I've watched I've watched 100% let's play of it. Okay, so you'll know, so, you'll be able yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. Without having to do anything. Riff, yeah. it's your favorite thing. That's my favorite, not having to yeah. do anything for this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 371 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we record another one real soon. And I bet we do right here in this very room. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. I'll join you. Thanks, buddy. Me too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cockaboo-boo-balaya. Good night. Good night. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>